Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junks. Still to come in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see Pixies and Modest Mouse. They'll be coming to Meriwether Post Pavilion later this summer, so keep listening for your chance to win. Shortly, we'll be joined by Soren Petro from Kansas City. Preview the Chiefs and the upcoming Super Bowl this weekend, which, by the way, you can listen to right here on 106.7 The Fan. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 p.m. I believe he's with us now on the BetQL guest hotline. It's Soren Petro, host of the program, Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Soren, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yep. So um, real life intrudes on sports with Patrick Mahomes' dad getting mm-hmm. popped for mm-hmm. at least his third DWI. Uh, just a bad situation, distraction, obviously. And the guy clearly needs to go into some sort of program to get help uh, with, with, his, with his drinking problems. So talk about that distraction that's hanging over uh, Patrick Mahomes' this Super Bowl week. Well, it's, it's definitely not something uh, you want to see if you're the Kansas City Chiefs or certainly not Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, some people have tried to relate it to in, in 2020 when the uh, Chiefs lost to the Bucks and lost badly to the Bucks in the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, that was the time that Andy Reid's son uh, had a car crash and injured a little girl. And uh, it was a very traumatic situation. And, you know, some people point to, and it certainly didn't help, that that was a major distraction. And, and, and I think that was a much bigger distraction. I'm not trying to equate the two. Uh, but, but similar in the sense that, you know, something that is you don't want to see happening, uh, drawing attention away. But I'll say this uh, from a football standpoint. Obviously, you, you hit on it. It's a very serious thing, and, and thank God no one uh, was injured in this situation. But Patrick Mahomes, frankly, has been surrounded by distractions his entire career. His brother, at times his wife's posts on social media, hmm. uh, you know, just being friends with Travis Kelsey now and, and the whole Taylor Swift situation that's going on. There have been nothing but distractions around the guy, and he has seemingly been uh, almost perfect. You know, I think a lot of people got disappointed when he lost his cool, uh, you know, going after one of the refs to yell at one of the refs after the Bills game because he didn't like the call, of the right call, by the way, of Kadarius Tony being lined up offsides. Otherwise, the man has not made a misstep uh, anywhere along the way. And so uh, is it a good thing? No, it's certainly not a positive. But if there's anyone out there that seems to have proven time and again that they can handle this type of thing, it would be Patrick Mahomes. How, how are the Chiefs fans handling the Kelsey-Taylor Swift thing now that has been a you know, few weeks? No, I, you know, I think that there are some that are like everybody else in the country. Like, I don't know why they keep showing her. Right. Uh, although 
every you know famous fan of a team. So, you know, you can't watch a Texas football game without seeing Matthew McConaughey ten times. So I don't think it's really any different. Right. I think maybe there's more of it because Taylor Swift is probably the biggest star uh, in the world. I think for the most part, mm-hmm. Kansas City likes it. I mean, we're flyover country, and in some ways, we kind of embrace that. We we like it. Like. You know, hey, people come to town and say, what, what a great city. That's great. Now leave because we want to keep it that way. We, we don't want to be as big as New York or L.A. We like the charms that come with the town. But it's also nice for, you know, the whole world to be looking at your town and to, to think that, oh, wow, you know, Taylor Swift, the biggest star, is, you know, hanging out in Kansas City. That's pretty cool. So I think mostly it's a positive thing. It's, a, it's you know, somebody who's – you know, semi-new to football. I don't know how much of a football fan she was before, uh, you know, dating Travis Kelsey, but she's enjoying watching football. She's enjoying watching the Chiefs, and for the most part, hey, there's more room on the bandwagon for anyone who wants to join. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, how are you feeling about the matchup? You know, we always talk about the Chiefs offense, and it obviously runs through Mahomes and Kelsey, and for whatever reason, they Andy Reid can always find ways to get Kelsey open. All right, we talk about it all the time. How how is he that wide open? You know, he'll have eleven or twelve targets in a game, and he'll have eleven or twelve catches. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, San Francisco's defense hasn't that not been that strong the last few weeks. Forty ers coaches called it you know, unacceptable against the Lions and of course the Packers. They were terrible against the Ravens in the regular season. Um, they just weren't getting to the quarterback. Chase Young has been a big bust. So I'm just wondering, um, how do you think you know San Francisco's defense is going to handle Mahomes to Kelsey? Yeah, I think you make some great points. I mean, let's do keep in mind, though, I think if the Chiefs are looking at the 49ers defense and going, this defense isn't any good, over the course of 17 regular season games, they proved to be one of the five best defenses in the NFL. So, I, you know, yes, they, they, they were gotten. Uh, the first half of the last couple of playoff games, but those are playoff teams. This is what happens. You don't you don't get a fat in your numbers against the deadbeat two three win teams anymore and dominate them. You got to play the big boys and you're going to take some hits, and that's the reality of playoff football. So, you know, I don't think the Chiefs. I think they've been around enough, and and Andy Reid's been around enough that they won't take the 49er defense lightly. Your point about Travis Kelsey is great. You know, I used to talk when Alex Smith was the quarterback of this team, and if you remember, there was one season early in Smith's time here in Kansas City where the Chiefs had no touchdowns, zero touchdowns from wide receivers, right? No threat whatsoever from any wide receiver yet. To your point, there'd still be three or four times a game that Travis Kelsey would be high school wide open. And you'd say to yourself, he's the only threat on the field. Right. How are they not covering this guy? And it's because Andy Reid is so brilliant as a play designer and trying to get him open. So that works in their favor. But I also think the emergence of Rashi Rice. You know, I think Travis Kelsey was, was banged up going into the season. He hyperextended the knee and missed the game against the Lions uh, in the opener on that Thursday night opener. Uh, and, and I don't know how healthy he was. He sat out the last game, by the way, with just being 16 yards away from his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. Chris Jones played that game to go get $1.25 million in bonuses with his 10th sack. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a great statistical accomplishment that he probably could have picked up a lot quicker than two and a half quarters of football that Chris Jones played. And he said, no, I need the rest. i got to get healthy. And I think that's been a big boost for him. But the emergence of Rashi Rice, the rookie, really coming on in the second half has forced defenses to have to account for a couple of people. And I think – Coming down the stretch, Rashi Rice was beating people up. And I think you saw the Bills and the Ravens say, well, that's the guy that can beat us. He can make the bigger plays. Let's take him away. And when they did that, that helped to open things up for Travis Kelsey. So, you know, I think they'll focus on Kelsey. But if they do, if that's the focal point, then that opens things up for Rashi Rice, who's been a great playmaker for the Chiefs uh, coming down the stretch here in the second half. So, Soren, do you think Rice's emergence is the reason behind the uptick in the yards per catch in the playoffs for Kelsey? Because the last three games of the regular season – 
He averaged 5.6, 8.8, and 5.3 yards per catch. In the playoffs, he's been at 10, 15, and 10.5. And so he's making Yeah, we always plays. want one thing, right? Makes it simpler and easier if we can point to that one thing and say, okay, that's it. Let's replicate that every time and we'll be successful. It's part of it. I think the other major, I think health is part of it as well. But I think the other major thing is, you know, we joked around after the Raider game on Christmas Day that the Chiefs ruined Christmas. I mean, that game was a debacle. The Chiefs had all kinds of mistakes. And frankly, they've been a sloppy football team all year, leading the league. Uh, Juwan Taylor leading the league in penalties. Donovan Smith not far behind him. Uh, turnovers over the place. Not being able to take the ball away. Uh, you know, just some really dumb things. And Kadarius Tony speaks for himself. Just look at his complete volume of work, where he accounted for two different pick sixes by not catching the football, and of course lining up offsides and ruining one of the best plays we've ever seen in the NFL. So they had made some really dumb, you know, dumb plays throughout the season. But part of it also was I think they were trying to be the old Chiefs. They were trying to be that offense that was just unstoppable, and they kept calling multiple option routes and all these different things, layer upon layer upon layer, with a lot of new wide receivers that frankly weren't getting it. After that game, they simplified the offense, got in and out of the huddle quicker, got everybody a chance to take a look at the defense, figure out what it was, where they were going, and I think that made them crisper, quicker. They got into a rhythm, and I think that was a big part of it as well. It allowed Rashi Rice to maximize his talents and some of the other guys to be effective to pull some of that attention away from Travis Kelsey. So I think it's, you know, those would be, and it's probably more than that, but you know, just getting healthier, I think, has been a big part. Getting that game off was huge. Uh, a difference in how they call plays and design plays now, but then also the emergence of a, a legitimate threat on this offense. And, and, and let's not take away uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who they've consistently given the football to, even in the last game against the Ravens, when he really wasn't paying big dividends. Uh, they continue to make the run a threat and force defenses to play the run. Talking to Soren Petro, host the program on Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. So, this year's Chiefs team is different because the defense is elite. Um, how does this defense match up against a stacked 49ers offense um, that has so many weapons from McCaffrey to Debo Samuel to Ayuk to Kittle? How do you think the defense matches up? Well, first of all, kudos to you for calling the defense elite because that's never the conversation with this team, and I think it's 100% accurate. I think Mm -hmm. Steve Spagnuolo has been absolutely brilliant, and Brett Veach uh, right there next to him with the the acquisition of talent. You know, they've got, I think, and I think it'll show in this game, and to speak to your point about the matchups, the best secondary in football. You know, the Ravens had a lot of – hype coming into the game against the Chiefs, and rightfully so, talented people like Humphreys and Hamilton. And it was they were going to take out Rice, and they were going to take out Travis Kelsey and, and all these things. But I think the best corner tandem in football is is the Chiefs with McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. I mean, McDuffie was was first-team All-Pro, and Legereus Sneed is the guy they put on the number one receiver every week. He's wow. the guy that held uh, Tyree Kill to eight catches and just 62 yards, all of them just short bubble type you know plays uh, when they played the Dolphins in Germany held them again to I think it was like four or five catches for 60 some odd yards uh, in the playoff game against the Dolphins he traveled with Devontae Adams held him to just a couple of catches he's gone up against the best and it's McDuffie that got all the accolades uh, Legereus Sneed is going to be a highly paid corner unfortunately probably for somebody else uh, in this league come next year and then their third and fourth corners ranking the top 50 of the PFF grades as well so they go four corners deep they can disguise coverages because they're not afraid to put their third corner on one of the top wide receivers out there. Uh, Their safeties come up and support the run really well. They're very smart, and their linebackers cover very well. Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay don't get the hype of those 49er linebackers, but they fly all over the field. Drew Tranquil's been a tremendous signing, one year, $3 million from the Chargers, and all he's done is step in for Nick Bolton for 
for four or five weeks at the middle linebacker when he was down and play on the outside when Nick Bolton's healthy, cover tight ends, be the spy against Lamar Jackson. He's been absolutely fantastic. And then Chris Jones up front, George Karloftis, double-digit sacks. You know, they are going to hurt. They are going to miss Charles Amenehu. He was a lot better than those stats. Remember, he missed six games in addition to all the numbers that he put up. Also, Brock Purdy's an undersized quarterback that gets a lot of balls batted down. And Amenehu's 6'6", and, and really is that Steve Spagnuolo long, lean type of defensive lineman that he loves to use and, and mix and match. So they are missing him, and that will be a big loss. But they are really good at all three levels, and I think they're confident they can match up with anybody. So especially if they can just throw those corners outside and say, okay, we'll play nine on nine. Our corners will take out those two wideouts. You get a lot better equipped to try to stop Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. Yeah, McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey has to have a big game just based off of you know how they use him in the offense. Um, you know, Kansas City's much better against the pass than against the run. I thought that McCaffrey should they should have run the ball a lot more than they did. Um, you know, in the regular season against the Packers in the uh, playoffs. So I, I just think it's I think you're going to see a heavy dose of McCaffrey early. Um, it's going to be difficult for Purdy to drop back and throw against that secondary. I truly believe that. I mean, Shanahan's a genius too, so he'll he'll find ways. But I think he, I think everything. Are we sure about that? Are, are we are he's, we sure he's a genius? Uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> Talking to a Niners <laughs> yeah. fan, Petro. But <laughs> how do you think? Um, how do you guys think you'll handle McCaffrey defensively? Uh, yeah, and, and first of all, I got a friend who who uh, was in one of the organizations he worked with, and he speaks glowingly of him as a play designer, and and just when I get into arguments about some of the things that have happened, and mm-hmm. and he just gets so mad at me and, and starts getting, let me tell you what, Kyle Shanahan. Uh-huh. Uh, so yes, he is extremely well respected, and he will do a great job. Um, but yeah, McCaffrey, listen. I mentioned Drew Tranquil, uh, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. They're very active. I mean, if if it's power running. And I think the other thing that bodes well for the Chiefs is that 49er offensive line. Trent Williams is great, and everybody else is a little bit average. And you're right. The defense is the weak spot. They're designed. They believe in... You know, you throw to win and you run when you're winning. That's how they design their offense, and that's how they design their defense as well. But they've been much more stout of late. Uh, they picked up Mike Pinnell, who they picked up in 2019, to be that run stopper in the middle. Nick Bolton's a big-time thumper uh, when it comes to playing the middle linebacker spot, who's gotten better with his coverage skills so you don't have to take him off the field as much. And so I, I think, yes, will the 49ers run? Uh, they'll, they'll have some success for sure. Is, is the Chiefs' run defense as good as the Niners? No. But let's keep in mind, they give up 25 yards a game more than the Niners do in run defense. When you look at that, you're like, well, they're 14th in the run defense or 12th in the run defense. Yeah, it starts at 88, and it goes down to like 114 yards a game. If 26 yards of rushing is going to be the difference in this game, I'll be really surprised. So I think the Chiefs have gotten better in that aspect, and they're a really good tackling secondary. So McCaffrey will break some runs, but the likelihood of him going 75 yards, as I heard George Kittle uh, talking about uh, yesterday, the, the speed of the secondary and the tackling ability of the secondary. They'll get some, but they're not going to get chunks like that. We're joined on the BetQL guest hotline by Soren Petro, host of the program Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. I want your best guess on Eric Bieniemy's future. Obviously, you saw him there in Kansas City from 2013 to 2022. He joined Ron Rivera's doomed coaching staff for one year, was let go by Dan Quinn yesterday. Where do you think his best landing spot is? And as what is does he resurface as a coordinator? Is he bumped down to a position position coach? What's your best guess there? Uh, you know, with the 
associate head coach title, my assumption is that he got a two-year deal, and so I think he'll probably sit out a year, uh, recharge the batteries, you know, look at what is what, – what, you know, I remember Steve talking to Steve Spagnuolo when he came back to the Chiefs. You know, he had the extra year on his deal and could have jumped back into the league, uh, but instead he took a year off. He spent a lot of time at NFL Films going in and just studying modern offenses and really just trying to improve his craft for a year before uh, the Chiefs signed him as a defensive coordinator. And that would be my recommendation to Eric Bieniemy is to do that, take that step back and have that self-evaluation and figure out where you need to get better. I think there's a chance uh, that he's an offensive coordinator. I think the most likely destination, unfortunately, for him is back as a running backs coach. Yeah, we had this conversation for three or four years when he kept interviewing and not getting the job that, listen, there are other coaches and other African-American coaches that are getting jobs. He's not. It's not because he doesn't call plays. There's something that they fundamentally don't like about his interviews. And, you know, I, I made the point that when he first stepped up to OC for the Chiefs, you know, just his time in front of us once a week, the coordinators are made available to the media. And he was not very good at those interviews. Why would you think he'd knock it out of the park uh, with an owner and, and tell an owner what he wants to hear about his organization? He got a lot better during that time. Uh, you know, there are some questions about different situations that arise uh, that, that uh, happened during his days at, at Colorado that maybe are out there. But I think he is a great running back coach. I think he's a very good offensive coordinator when in a great structure like he was in Kansas City. I don't think he was bad uh, for Washington, uh, but does he have the skills to be a head coach? I, I don't know. I question some of that just based on what I see as an outsider looking in. If I had to pick, I would say he'll be a running back coach uh, in the NFL this year or next, depending upon what he wants to do. And I think, his, I think it's probably time for him to pivot and say, listen, if I'm going to be a head coach, my, my best path, if that's what he wants is to be a head coach. Some people don't. Ben Johnson, according to a lot of people, doesn't necessarily want to be a head coach. That's why he's back in Detroit. But I think if Eric Manby wants to be a head coach, college would probably be the path that, that he would uh, need to take. Soren, will you squash these kind of crazy rumors that Reed's going to step down and Belichick is going to slide in? <laughs> sure. Yeah, easy. That's, uh, you know, that, that came up last year. Jay Glazer took a comment from uh, Andy Reid when asked, uh, are you going to retire? He said, listen, I'll, I'll consider that at the end of the year. And his point to that was, I'm focused on the game. Anything else I'll talk about at the end of the year. That became a report on Super Bowl Sunday that Andy Reid was considering retirement at the end of the year. That was erroneous. That was not true. Mm-hmm. Now Mike Florio put something out, the same thing, that he could consider it. Andy Reid answers that question the same every year. He just wants to talk about the game uh, that's at hand, and he says, I'll worry about that later. I talked to people within the Chiefs organization. I said, I hate to do this again. But there's a report out there that says Andy Reid's considering retirement. Two different people told me if he is, it must have come from Clark Hunt because he's told no one in this organization that he's going to retire. And that would mean the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, who runs his organization about as well and is always in the background, has put himself in the forefront. We both laughed. I said, so you think that happened? He said, no, I don't. And so I think this is, look, you get down to the playoffs, there's only a handful of teams playing. There's only a handful of storylines. And so people are looking for something. Andy Reid, I did the first interview with him when he came to Kansas City. He had just lost his son uh, and, and had had the worst season of his career. And I said, Coach, a lot of people say, maybe you should take a step back, recharge the batteries, you know, take a, take a year off. Why are you back here coaching right away? And he looked at me kind of angry, frankly, and said, mm-hmm. I'm a football coach. This is what I do. Let's roll. Right. I think Andy Reid is one of those guys that will coach until he physically can't. If he can't get to the practice field, he'll retire. If he has some kind of health problem, he'll retire. But otherwise, I 100% fully expect and have been told by people in the Chiefs organization that there's been no 
reason, nothing given from Andy Reid that says that he will not be back next year. Mm. Soren, thanks as always, man. Safe travels out to Vegas. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you, buddy. Petro, host of the program, Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Big game coverage on 106.7 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. When we come back, we'll do EB's entertainment page next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 